and welcome to the Perfect Gentleman podcast. This is episode 12. I am Zach Falconer Barfield, founder of The Perfect Gentleman, and alongside me is... James Marwood. Good to speak to you again, Zach. How are you? I'm very well, sir. How are you this week? I'm good. The weather's starting to improve a little. Yes, we're heading towards summer. Almost there. That sounds like a Star Wars thing. <laughs> Almost there. Almost there. Sorry, our geek references. We apologise to anyone listening. So it's a short episode this week, episode 12. We got our reviews, and as it's the end of book month, we've got a couple of books for, to review for you. I'm going to talk a little bit about first books for inspiration for younger gentlemen, for our junior gentlemen section. And then we hand over to our lovely, perfect lady, Leah Morrigan, to uh, talk about a fictional gentleman. That'd be great. Yes, it's a short week this week, getting ready for June. Indeed. It's almost here, Zach. It's almost here, yeah, exactly. So uh, what is your book review, James? So I want to talk about, it's a bit of an unusual book, perhaps, but it's called Dirty White Boys. It's written by Stephen Hunter, an American, I think, Pulitzer-winning author and film critic and essayist and all-round interesting guy. It's set in the south of the US. It's a pulp crime thriller. It's very gritty, quite aggressive. Deals with some quite mature themes of violence and sexual violence and family relationships and things like that. It was one I bought on a whim, I think, at a, at a train station. I've read it probably half a dozen times. I really enjoy it. It's crying out, I think, to be made into a good film. Well, I think I think it has been snapped off to, by David Benioff and D.B. Rice, the guys who did Game of Thrones. It's a ripping read, action adventure. It's got really bad baddies and really good goodies and i really like it good fun okay well and, and there's a it's a detective thing or what's the the plot is around two brothers who escape from prison and bring a, an unwitting accomplice along with them and about the police officer who helps track them down and gets in a shootout and is badly injured and then gets back in the game it's an interesting we just because the characters are quite nuanced for the sort of, of story it is the main character i won't explain what his flaws are because that would spoil the book but he's not just a man in a white hat he's an interesting character in his own right but you can see a lot of the sorts of stories that went on to make up things on tv shows like oz or any of those american dramas they're drawing from the same well it's just a well-written great adventure story i shall have to pick it up I, he's written other things and i've read a couple of his other books but i haven't read that one mm. He's a great author and he's won a Pulitzer and he came out of the Baltimore Sun, that famous newspaper. He's interesting as well because he's politically outspoken. He's got some, some views that a lot of people don't agree with, but he's very good at explaining them in a way that some of his allies aren't, um, which makes him a very interesting guy. Okay, I shall look forward to that. That's, that sounds like a, an interesting book to read uh, and certainly different. Yes, it certainly is. Um, so uh, um, my book, probably no surprise, is we interviewed him <coughs> over the course of the first couple of weeks on the podcast. It uh, was Guy Fraser Sampson, and we talked about his book, uh, Death in Profile, which is his new book. So um, that's my review here. Death in Profile is a detective book set in um, Hampstead in London, and it's about <coughs> a group of police officers who are tracking down a suspected serial killer. It's an interesting modern take with sure. a sort of hark back to that golden age of crime writing. Um, as we said in the interviews with uh, Guy, uh, you know, he loves that period of time and Dorothy L. Sayers, Agatha Christie. So it's got a nice edge to it. It's interesting because it wouldn't have been a crime book that I would have normally picked up. I like my crime books a little bit more gritty and old school. Big fan of that sort of Raymond Chandler-esque crime fiction. It's very well written. It's interesting because the, uh, the detectives uh, make mistakes, quite graphically bad mistakes in occasion. Mm -hmm. It's got a nice twist. As a, I won't spoil it for you, but there's a, 
a character has a uh, an issue, uh, which certainly makes the uh, golden age of crime come right back to the fore, which is really lovely, and uh, I like that very much. There's an interesting love triangle in it amongst the officers, and it's about a team of officers, so it's not just one lone detective solving everything. It's kind of a group effort. It's set in the lovely Hampstead in London, which is a, mm-hmm. a lovely place to be set and having spent a lot of time there in my past it feels very familiar it's beautifully well written i recommend it it's a really nice read it's not gruesome in any way shape or form about the murders and the, and the acts more psychological in that respect mm-hmm. you know it's almost a love letter to those uh, golden age detectives with a modern twist i'm gonna look that up what was it called again give me the name it's called death in profile by Guy Fraser Sampson. It's the first in his Hampstead Murders series. He's going to write a few more books in this series with this group of detectives, this core group Mm -hmm. of detectives, and I'm looking forward to actually reading them. Uh, It's one of those great things. When you find an author that either has written or is going to write a series of books, it makes me very happy because then I don't lose the characters. As you were talking, I've just added it to my Amazon list so that will arrive shortly. (laughs) That is the one dangerous thing about Amazon. I must admit, I try to use indie bookstores where I can, but the convenience does sometimes win out. <clears throat> I can't walk past a Daunts without um, oh, yeah. uh, wandering in. The Daunts is a book chain in, in the UK, which is a lovely book chain. They have a, a lot of very old school bookstores. One of the things I love about Gaunt, in which actually I find the same in a lot of independent bookshops, is the people who work in them love books. And they work in bookshops because of books, not because it was just a job and they got it. But if you go to them and you say, well, can you recommend me something? They'll say, how about this? I've never been steered wrong. They're very good. Dawn's are lovely. Actually, we launched the Perfect Gentleman book in a Dawn store, but Amazon, it is dangerous. Yes, one-click ordering. One-click ordering. Very grateful for it, but it is one-click ordering. So if you have any uh, out there, you have any books uh, for mm-hmm. us to review or things for us to review, whether it's a movie, a book, or anything else, classic or current, please let us know. Drop us a line at inquiries at theperfectgentleman.tv or contact us on social media, that's Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, and they're all at The P Gentlemen. So you can find us on all those social media channels, and Mm -hmm. uh, James and I are always happy to get suggestions for things to review, and we'll try and do so. Absolutely, always happy with that. Our wonderful partners, The Cravat Club, provide luxury silk cravats, scarves, and pocket squares, designed and handcrafted in England. So compliment your style with a touch of sartorial elegance with these 100% silk cravats, scarves and pocket squares, which are an ideal addition to evening or daywear for a sharp and refined look for the distinguished gentleman. Head on over to their website, www.cravat-club.com to grab yours now. What's next on the agenda then, Zach? Once every three months, uh, we do a junior gentleman section. Mm-hmm. Most of our stuff on the Perfect Gentleman, on our trainings and education side of platform, is for slightly older gentlemen, you know, from 16 and above. But we, we like to uh, inspire our younger gentlemen. So t- today I was thinking about some books to inspire sort of the younger gentlemen, sort of the, the early teens um, uh, and, and, you know, gives them some interesting inspiration um, for the gentlemanly ways uh, in, as they grow grow up. And there's uh, um, more fiction than, than, than non-fiction, but that's kind of my thought process. Yep, I think that's great. Do you have any ideas or suggestions, James, on your list? Start with something which is fiction, which is a book that 
I think most of us have probably read at some point at, at school, but I think it's worth going back to because they teach a book, they tend to ruin the joy of it, which is The Lord of the Flies, mm. which is uh, William Golding. It's a classic. It was a very good film as well, but it is a very deep book about human nature and about how would boys act when freed from external authority. I don't think I necessarily agree with Golding about exactly how terrible it would be, but it is that idea that, you know, we spend all our time worrying about what's outside when actually it's what's inside that matters. Yes. It's not the beast from afar, it's the beast inside. Yes, which is very true. It's dark and it's not it's not fun, but I think everyone should read that. It's a classic, as you say, that schools tend to ruin books, unfortunately. You should go back and read them. I was at a dinner party quite a few years ago with an English teacher. We talked about the books and and because when I was at school, I don't know if it was just my particular school, but we did a book and a play in English every year and we did the same book and the same play for, for four years. 1984 and Hobson's Choice. 1984 is a great book. Hobson's Choice is a very fine play, but being forced to read them slowly out loud in class an hour a week for four years rubs any joy from them at all. And so this English teacher recommended I go back and, and read them again. And I'm glad I did because I enjoyed them much more and listened and understood better. That's a, a good one. It's, it's well worth the read. It's well worth the read. Yes. For my first suggestion, mm-hmm. a classic, and the author just passed away recently, was To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. Yes. And another book that is frequently ruined at school. <laughs> yes. I was lucky. I missed being forced to read that one at school, so I read it myself. But it's a great book. It's about the South in, in, in America, racial prejudice, and doing what's right even when you know you're not going to win. Yes, absolutely. And about manners and gentlemanliness and behaviour and, and kindness. You know, I think it's a great book. It's a simple book, but a beautiful book. That's a great choice. Another one, which is in a slightly similar vein, it's Captain's Courageous by Richard Kipling. A fantastic book. I love Kipling's writing. I know he became very unfashionable for a while, and hopefully now we can understand him a bit better as a product of his time. His poetry, his books, obviously The Jungle Book gets the fanfare. There was the recent film remake. But Captain's Courageous is a great book for, for young gentlemen. It's about a thoroughly unpleasant, spoilt little brat who falls off a steamship and gets picked up by some some fishermen who basically knock him into shape, quite literally. How he learns to, to work hard and turn a selfish child into a into a man. It's written in somewhat old-fashioned language, so it's not immediately accessible, but it's great. It's well worth, even if you're a man now, you know, a bit older, and you haven't read it, do. It's such a good story. A great author. And tales of daring do and heroics and revenge mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing. Yes. So Roger Kipling is great. Kim was another fantastic book. And my next book for the uh, young gentleman, uh, slightly more racy, The Saint series by Leslie Charteris. Okay. Simon Templer is a uh, gentleman adventurer, and because of his name Simon Templer, he is referred to as the uh, saint. Uh, it was made famous by Roger Moore in the 60s as a TV show, but the books were a little uh, little more older than that, and they are sort of pre-Bond adventure mm-hmm. series, really. You know, everyone reads James Bond, everyone knows James Bond, and as a young mm-hmm. man, I certainly read James Bond. But the saint certainly has a certain code of honour, which James Bond doesn't have, and even though he's a bit of a thief and sometimes a little nefarious reputation, he has a very strong moral code. Yes. It's well worth reading the books. I think the saint's probably due a comeback. It's a shame, because um, Bond gets all the press. And I do like Bond, but 
the saint has a there's a little bit more to him i think there is a little bit more to him i always liked mm. the saint i always preferred the saint i'm a big bond fan mm-hmm. but the saint for me always rung that little bit truer I, I can see that he's more me than bond yes i aspire to be more him than than bond i think that's probably wise any, any other suggestions sir now this one isn't fiction actually and it's a bit of an obvious choice it's con and han and hal Igledon. They were two English authors. The Dangerous Book for Boys. <laughs> yes. It's for boys of all ages, probably up to about 95. <laughs> it's uh, it's part harking back to an older style of playing and exploration and adventure. But even just the book itself, it's got this wonderfully rough, hard cover and it's really sort of sturdy and it's all it's got all sorts of projects for things like bows and arrows and how to play certain games and interesting facts and things like that. I had books like this growing up that I that I loved and some of which were quite old this is a modern updated version and it's great it was huge news what five or six years ago but I think it's fantastic I have two copies of it a kind of a, a normal size and a pocket size because my mum obviously thought it was important enough that I carry it around with me so <laughs> I was, yeah and, and not to because I mean, yes she, she bought that for me when I was in my mid-30s um, <laughs> Because, you know, for boys of any age, I now know how to make secret inks. It's such a good fun book. That sounds fantastic. I have two more books for a younger gentleman. One is a non-fiction one and one is a fiction one and, and one of my favourite books of all time. But um, the non-fiction is, um, it's a little bit slightly for older gentlemen, but it's well worth reading when you're a young young man, is um, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Del. Ah, oh, Yes. Yes. Um, we've talked about it before, I believe, mm-hmm. but um, yes, certainly well worth picking up as a young man and reading and understanding how your behaviour um, impacts other people. You know, I hadn't considered that as a book for younger gentlemen, which I should have done because it is, it's so applicable. You learn those lessons early, it'll make life much easier for you. And it's simple. It's not a complex book. No, no. But my last is a little more complex, a little in-depth to read, and you may struggle to start uh, once you get into it. It's certainly um, one of the uh, great books of literature and certainly one of the great literary heroes is The Count of Monte Cristo by Alexander Dumas. Great book. It's a fantastic book. It's a book about revenge, learning, rags to riches and back again. You see the the best and the worst of uh, cunning and, and mm-hmm. smart man. And you see what love can do to you. It's one of those stories, and, and I think you know you you identify with the the characters. And I don't know if it was the same for you, but at certain points you identify with different characters, and you you kind of cheer them, and then you despair of them, and it, it enwraps your brain. It's such a great story. Probably for a slightly older young gentlemen, certainly do pick it up and, and persevere. I might struggle with the language to start with, but do persevere. We look at it as a classic now. At the time, it was you know, like, like like my earlier recommendations for pulp thrillers. This was that of its time, but just so well done. I mean, all of Dumas stuff that I've read is great. I remember reading a, a review of it where a critic was comparing it to Mickey Mouse, The Flood and Little Red Riding Hood. It's that much of, a, of an imprint on Western literature. I'm a huge fan of The Three Musketeers. Yes. This is another great mm-hmm. romping Novel. Yep. Um, it was a toss up between the two, but I would say the Count of Monte Cristo is probably the one that you should read. Yeah, I think that's that's good. And then read the Three Musketeers afterwards. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> yes. That's all about honour and friendship. Yes. But there we go. So those are our recommendations. We've got a good mix there. I think I'm going to go and read the Count of Monte Cristo again because it's a few years since I've read it. <laughs> yes, it's been a while since I read it. I might pick it up again. Born in the backshop of a Colombian leather craftsman, matured on the Pan-American highway, perfected on a pub's damp table in Savile Row, Monsieur London is the result of travel. 
It led its two creators from Anchorage to Ashaya on the 19,000 mile long journey. They ended up in London to settle the project born from a choice to lead a lifestyle with higher standards and expectations. A brand for the 21st century cosmopolitan man. As a result of this approach, the online retail shop MonsieurLondon.com was launched in October 2012. Since then, they have had many pop-up shops in Paris and London and opened with business partners La Gassonniere, a 250 square meters men lifestyle concept store in Paris. Their brand offers elegant accessories made with traditional know-how for a fair price. They make their customers pay for the quality, not for the branding and marketing. Their French, Italian and English workshops fabricate outstanding products created with their sense of traditional know-how and their passion for style. These accessories reflect the technical excellence of their makers. They offer bespoke options on many of their products, including gloves, bags, and belts. Check them out at missyourlondon.com. We're now going to hand over to the fabulous perfect lady, which is Leah Morrigan, who's going to talk about a fictional gentleman that she likes. Over to you, Leah. Hello, it's Leah Morrigan, the perfect lady. Today I am talking about Robert Crawley, the Earl of Grantham and the steward of Downton Abbey during the Edwardian period in Northern England. Uh, obviously, you probably know that I'm talking about the very, very popular television series Downton Abbey, uh, where we see Robert, who is the son, the husband, and the father of three daughters in a large house, and it's actually season two that I want to focus on. Season two, we begin uh, at the house, and it is 1916, smack dab in the middle of World War I. At Downton, every most people are displaced or otherwise stepping up for the war effort, uh, and there's a lot of things going on in Robert that we see, and I'm looking at him as a character, so I'm looking at him for, uh, through the eyes of a costume designer. I'm doing a little character analysis here. So I look at this and I see Robert, who's growing increasingly irritable over the entire season for all kinds of reasons. One, he is without purpose. He's given an ornamental position in the army, even though he served in the Boer War. So that kind of knocks the rug from under his feet. He's losing control of the people in the place that he loves the most in the world because of the upheaval that the war has caused. There is permanent social disorder at Downton, and which and it will never return to its glory days. This is another part of his stress. On top of this, his daughter, his youngest daughter, is has announced that she is going to betray her title and marry the chauffeur. He's bickering with his wife, who is neglecting him. There's all of these things going on, and I believe that Robert is experiencing loneliness and emotional turmoil. And because his life is changing so much and the people within it are changing so much that he doesn't know what to do. So he turns to the housemaid, Jane, who kind of becomes his emotional confidant during this period. And he turns to her for warmth, intimacy, and human contact. And well, within this, there are a few kisses to be had, which ultimately creates an impossible situation. But it is through his dalliance with Jane that I believe he portrays his true gentleman. Gentlemen are kind, noble, and they always do the right thing. Robert says, Jane, I want you with every fiber of my soul. But he tears himself away because he realizes his folly, realizes all the people he will hurt in his transgression. So he cuts it off. Jane resigns, but what he does is he does the noble gesture. He makes sure that, he, that he, she has a business contact so she can keep working 
to move towards her future and the future of her son. So this is really lovely. Um, he possesses great self-restraint and sacrifice, as we see as he tears himself away. He is a very strong loyalty and responsibility to his family and all that are associated with his house. He never fails to protect and provide for, for his people, and he sees Downton through to the next act. Lord Grantham is a fine fictional gent. So thank you, Leah, our lovely, perfect lady, an intriguing fictional gentleman that you have chosen. We shall love you and leave you now. We've wrapped up for this month and this episode. Another month in the bag. Excellent. Yeah, another month has gone. I mean, 12 episodes in, it's kind of churning along now. I'm, I'm getting used to this. Starting to get bits of feedback from people, which I'm really enjoying, and more of that, please. And we'll be back next month. We've got five episodes next month. We're going to have a special episode next month because it's going to be an Ask Us Any Questions episode. We're going to have a few other guest contributors in. It's going to be a long episode. Do ask us some questions, and you can drop us an email at inquiries at theperfectgentleman.tv or contact us on any of our social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, you name it we're the p gentlemen please drop us a note ask us anything any subject that we cover we are happy to answer it so on that note it's um goodbye from me zach falkner barfield have a fantastic day and it's goodbye from me thanks for listening everyone this podcast is brought to you by the perfect gentleman group limited and was edited by andy nickel at the pistachio palace